G'day everybody and welcome to The Dan Show on Slice Radio. It's episode number 36. On this episode I have musician, comedian, podcaster and writer Jeff Garlock. Jeff is so wonderfully talented and has a lot of things for you to enjoy. I know you're going to love this conversation with him. Do not forget to follow Slice Radio on all the socials. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. We're always doing fun stuff and you're bound to enjoy it. Okay, sit back, relax and enjoy my chat with the multi-talented Jeff Garlock. I didn't uh, hook up my mic, but I can if you'd like. It's up to you. You sound pretty good. Your vinyl in the background is creating a good buffer. Good. Yeah, that's why that's why I've got it all. That's, that's why, why I collected it, it for so many years. Exactly. It's got mass. It's got mass. All of the <laughs> Halloween three masks give good resonance. Jeff Garlock is here. I'm not sure what he wants to call himself. I know he's a creator. Um, he's also a musician. He's uh, done a bit of a lot of writing. And yeah. uh, but you'll tell me, Jeff, what you what you put on the uh, slip when you come back into the country. That's yeah, that's an wait. Australian thing. I don't think of that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, yeah, no. I'm a uh, I'm a Renaissance man. Is what I joke. <laughs> I, I don't know what I am. I do it all. Uh, I I don't I don't I I, I it's hard to uh, know what to write down on my customs form. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Because also then they're like, oh, you make money off of that. It's like, let's not go crazy. Yeah, uh, come on now. Yes, it's always in unclear. this economy. Is a Please, joke that yes, is, that's what exactly. you like to crack. It's what I always say for at least 20 years now. <laughs> They're like, Garlock, the economy changes. I was like, my career does not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do quite a I do quite a bit. So you're a former UCB kid? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. I um I did uh I took improv. Me and the singer of Panthers and Orchid both took improv at UCB in around 2000. Two, 2003, I want to say. So it was like pretty early on. Uh, it was at the old theater in Chelsea before, or not even in Chelsea, it was in 22nd Street. And then I took a long break because uh, I had a record come out. And that was the excuse I gave for the fact that I wasn't very good at improv <laughs> and I didn't really like doing it that much. Uh, and then uh, I was on enough breaks from tour and my wife had heard, my now wife had heard me complain about wanting to do comedy again. So she bought me a gift certificate for half of a sketch class. And then uh, I took sketch and then kind of didn't look back from there. I took a bunch of classes, ended up on one of the first mod teams, which was uh, sketch teams there, the house teams, and then ended up teaching for eight years. And uh, wow. yeah, I was there for a long time. Um, like Through me. all of the issues that they have. <laughs> you, your story somewhat without the hard rocking reminds me of Kurt Brownola, who, oh, yeah. you know, did it for a long time before he sort of busted out. Yeah. Yours um, are so similar. Looks. Yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. is the same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kurt's great. I never knew it, but like he was right when I was starting, he was doing stuff. He was in a group called Neutrino. Yeah, which did, uh, you know, they were doing, I remember, I was just talking about this recently. I remember walking down in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and being like, who are these idiots in American apparel with video cameras? I'm trying to get to a sketch show. 
And then I got there and it was Neutrino doing a video improv that they like worked into the live show. And I was like, oh, okay, this is impressive. This guy's impressive. We love, especially when you're doing it for like 10 people and you're like, it's even more so impressive. I think we love Kurt. Kurt's an old friend. Jeff is our new friend and he's got a lot of podcasts. Um, So I became aware of you because, um, look, I think we're friends, Jason Gore and I. Uh, and uh, he starts his live Instagram um, little shows way too early. I wake up at 5 a.m. He <laughs> insists on doing them between 4 and 5. But for some reason, my phone buzzed, and I looked at my phone, and I said, oh, who's this goofy-looking guy? He looks cool. And uh, in between drifting in and out of sleep, I, I caught most of the chat and I thought, I think this Jeff Garlock is a guy that I need to know a bit more about. <laughs> but podcast-wise, the Canon Canon, uh, yep. just a paragraph on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Canon Canon is a podcast I do with uh, my buddy Frank Garcia-Hale. And uh, we are documenting all of the Canon Production Film Group, which was one of the greatest uh, production houses from the 80s. You know, all of your uh, Chuck Bronson's, uh, your JCVDs, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, your uh, 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 Chuck Norris. Uh, And then they also did like uh, John Frankenheimer films. Uh, Cassavetti's films. Uh, they they were these two gregarious Israeli filmmakers who would at, at the height pumped out forty to forty five movies a year, um, and uh, would sell movies before they even made them. And uh, we both loved them. And then so have we. Yeah, every week we do a new one uh, and uh, kind of branch out into our could have been a cannons, which are movies that should have been made by Canon at some point. Yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah, I want to, um, I want to bring this one up. I don't know whether you know it. I don't think it's silent rage. Yeah. Uh, I think it isn't no. a Canon, but should be a Canon. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm blanking on who was the production company, but it's one we'll cover. Top, top, top kick, top kick. Sounds like, um, one of Chuck's, yeah. Uh, you know, with the karate, because uh, it would also be interesting because you would probably have a different production company behind it. Oh yeah, sure. Because it also gets in a lot of those. You get into like who bought the video. Like we recently realized that there are all these movies we could cover because Canon bought HBO Video for only European releases, so they just shoved their logo on there. Uh, but yeah, no, Silent Rage is uh, great. Totally weird, like surprising. Like you're like, wait, this is going to be a kind of a sci-fi Hulk yeah. movie with Norris. Uh, our we call him Molasses Two by Four on the podcast uh, as a uh, kicking uh, Marshall or whatever he is in that. You he, find out a lot about a lot the different kicks. law enforcement. A lot of kicks. He's always going to get some kicks in. But uh, I was really surprised by that because the the baddie didn't die. Look, hey, spoiler alert! Just let me get yeah. you. I mean, he's forty years old. I mean, it's it's eighty three, eighty four. So yeah. yes, if you haven't watched Silent Rage yet, it'll be on Pluto TV streaming. We've sure. we've, we've left a big enough gap. Yes. Um. So spoiler alert! But the baddie doesn't die at the end, and I thought, oh, Silent Rage two, but no. 
I don't think Silent Rage 1 did well enough for them. They just were move out to the 20th, 40th Chuck Norris movie. But remember, my uh, my big brother was a video, what would you call him, cassette salesman. Like He worked for one of the video companies okay. called Video Classics, and yeah. this was one of their big releases for the month. So I'm sure. Not great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not good, but anyway. Uh, was this back in the day he was working for Video Classics? Yeah, yeah. He's he's a lot older than I. And, so that would uh, have been like when uh, you know, they were selling like we I we're we're good friends with the guy who wrote the uh, Austin Trunick wrote the Canon film guide, uh, and he gets his hands on lots of great like video ads. He goes, That was when it was ninety-nine bucks for a video store to yeah. buy it. Like if you were gonna buy it, it was ninety-nine bucks for silent rage, because they didn't believe that we were gonna be renting these things. Yeah, well, oh. I remember uh, he used to get really excited uh, because, you know, he'd say, oh, I'm, I'm going down to, you know, uh, Bob's um, Bob's video and he's a big customer. He buy, might buy 15 copies of, you know, the never-ending story or you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and that was going to be like 1500 bucks, so a big, a big sale, particularly back in those days. I, I, I bet your brother has a lot of... Uh... Swag. I would love to get my hands out of. He doesn't. Like, he doesn't. Ah, that kills me. He's a, he's a, he's what we call you call a biker, and I call a bikey over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he sort of lives. He, I mean, he's, he's not a, he's not a tame. He's not a nomad or anything like that. Right, but he right. Wouldn't hold on to stuff from the early eighties. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. I'm not. He's not a pack rat like me. Uh, no, look, I wish I was a pack rat. Oh my god, sure. the things I could have if I was that way inclined. <laughs> I just tend to keep a lot of bolts and nuts. Uh, you yeah. never know when you need them. You never know. Just... <laughs> you never know when you're going to need fourteen hundred nuts. Exactly. Um, exactly. Next podcast. Hey, what's that from? This is the one that I'm least um, associated with, even though I've listened to a couple of episodes. Sure, sure. So yeah, what's that from? Is me and my buddy Nate. Uh, we're old UCB friends, and uh, it was kind of right before the pandemic. Honestly, we we were like, let's just do this podcast just for us. And it really was at first just for us, like the amount of people listening. But it's uh, in the most lofty terms, I call it the Carl Of Nosgard of podcasts. Like it's just like one long conversation of us remembering things. Yeah. Uh, because most of our relationship is doing a quote from an old SNL and then being like, do you know what that's from? And then honestly, as the podcast has gone on, it has become also our therapy, talking about our career, yeah. talking about uh, being a creative, what a kind of nightmare it is to live in this world. And one of the reasons why we remember vacant lot sketches. But yeah, it's really fun. And uh, the, uh, the I'm, I'm, I'm always super proud of that one. And it really is like the on my end, one of the least work. It's just turn it on and see where the conversation and, goes. Uh, one episode, I think it might have been the latest or the near the latest. It was a big expose between a couple of guests, a male and female guest, mm-hmm. and you really Dan went and deep. And that one went super long. And I, I really, I didn't think I had much left to learn about show business. You know, and mm-hmm. not that I'm really in it, but I mean, right, right. you know, I, I take a lot of it in. Yeah, that was a real lesson in how to be and how to go and how it went for people in your age range, you know, late right. 30s, early early 40s right. sort of stuff, which now I'm in my early 50s, I'm mm-hmm. not losing touch with, but I don't know that much about. I, and I'm starting to lose touch on my end too. But it is like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's uh, both me and Nate are, uh, 
big therapy junkies and then also comedy junkies. So it really is just like the merging and constantly we're like in the loftiest terms, like looking for the ultimate truth and reality behind everything, including why comedy is made, why you would kill yourself to do all this dumb stuff. Uh, but I love it. I think it's super fun. Uh, check it out, people. You know, that's a really good one. Uh, Docs Till Death is Oh, you know, it's so much rock. It's rock, rock, rock all the time. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I, I like I like that one. You can pick and choose um, the docs yeah. that you have an association with. So I, I like that. I think most people podcast uh, imbibers are happy admitting that they'll they'll pick and choose a, a little bit. But it's a lot of, of fun too. Well, thank you. Yeah, Doxel Death is me and two old punk friends. And yeah, it's almost like, again, the continuation of a conversation we have anyways, which is like kind of reanalyzing punk and hardcore, because that's what we all came from. And it's super important to me, uh, but is also like all things worthy of being made fun of, uh, because you should make fun of everything and pick apart why you actually like it, especially as you get older. And so, yeah, Doc Still Death is uh, we're kind of just going through all of the documentaries on punk because we're like, we're going to watch them anyways. It's why I also joke as you keep going with the podcast that I have like the Garlock niche network, essentially. It's just like, I just get more and more niche of like, oh, you want jokes about 1995, like American underground hardcore? Here you go. Doc's still deaf. But I think it works for everyone, honestly. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like music documentaries? I guess exactly. who don't like music. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, uh, I, we realized we we're going to watch them anyways. Like, the amount of docs that exist, and I'll watch every single one. Oh, if it's yeah. a band I don't care about, I'll still watch it. Absolutely. Uh, it's only sometimes length that keeps it. I can't stand the Grateful Dead, and I still have it on my list to watch that Grateful Dead doc. Like, because yeah, maybe I, I'll understand. I get, I get annoyed when there isn't a good doc. Uh, yeah. About like Thompson Twins, because I'm a right. ki- kid of the 80s. There is not a good Thompson's Twins doc that I've yeah. found. If you come across it, please do forward it. I on. will certainly pass it on. Um, I have a list of ones where I'm like, yeah, I need a skinny puppy documentary. I of need, course. Uh, I was happy there was a killing joke one recently. Like, there's skinny a, a puppy. Lot- I- I had a friend, uh, oh, I mean, he's still a friend, <laughs> and he was riding to Skinny Puppy, and I said, this new band, Skinny Puppy, he said, new band, new band, they're very old. Yeah. They're very, very old. <laughs> and uh, played me a little bit, and it wasn't for me. But sure, uh, understand. It's hardly for anyone, honestly. I that's my bread and butter. Uh, I, I, no one liked it when I was liking it as a kid. That was one of those beginnings. Are all the Skinny like, Puppies still with us? Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, no. Uh, uh, Dwayne Gotell passed away, heroin overdose. Um, but they're down to the, the, they still will put out stuff. Accident um, can happen to yeah. anyone. Yeah. Uh, talking about music, I could not give one single solitary crap about prog, the first prog rock, the first 50 years of my life. But for some weird reason, now I'm into it. But how long have you been into it, Jeff? It's the show that never ends. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, my, my hard love of Prague came uh, legitimately. I was graduated from college. I was listening to nothing but hardcore pretty much at that point. And it dipped in and out. And then I remember I was uh, driving up to New York to the loft I was going to live in and then uh, heard yes 
And I think it was long distance run around. And I'd heard it years because growing up in Connecticut, you're inundated with classic rock. But then all of a sudden it was like that day, I remember it clicking and being like, this is like all the technical metal I listened to. Like, what the heck? And I remember the girl that I ended up dating briefly that I lived with in this loft was like, do you listen to anything but hardcore? And I was like, I like, yes. And then that started the snowball as most genre loves start of like one band and then you're like oh this band this band this band and i would say i mean the biggest turnaround was when look if you don't know genesis you think you know genesis and then all of a sudden you're like wait a second they have like me and my good friend mike i think we decided there are four distinct genesis eras so you're like there's four distinct genesis eras and they're all amazing and they're all different and wait, Peter Gabriel was in Genesis? And wait, this is what Foxtrot sounds like? I was only hearing Invisible Touch over and over and over. And that changes everything. And then you start getting deep and being like, okay, now I like Krautrock. Now I'm going down the Tangerine Dream commish, like cosmic music route. Oh, Magma? Uh-oh. Like now that I'm into Zool, that's a whole nother bag. And now I have a magma tattoo and oh life is wild. But yeah, it, it's, it, it's basically been since uh, hardcore since like 1920. And that's like, it just gets deeper and deeper. Cause it's also a slippery slope <laughs> to new age and ambient music too. Like, you know. Absolutely. And, and you've done some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard a person recently say that l- the lamb lies down on Broadway is the best album ever, ever out of all of the albums. <laughs> I mean, that's a wild statement, yeah. but there are days with my Genesis love because it has become that Genesis is like the number one to me yeah. out of everything because there's so many phases and they can give you kind of everything you need in a weird way. But then I still listen to thousands of other records, but also, between you and me, Lamb Lies is not my least, uh, is not my favorite Genesis record. Mm. It has a lot of extra. Like, it, I think it's, uh, if it was one singular record, but it's like, it's not even completely a concept record. Like, Peter Gabriel gave up on it halfway through. Like, he was asking the other members to write it for him because he was trying to do a movie with William Friedkin that went nowhere. So he, like, mm. set them up for this prog masterpiece quote unquote that would end up for Tony's got his piece and he's writing this he's trying to write with the story that doesn't make any sense look half of it is great but uh, selling for the by the pound is that's that's the one isn't it that's the one and when it comes to yes I mean they just never stop scrapping and fighting and hating each other yeah, uh, you know, really which don't. is great. Yeah. Uh, I saw I uh, saw a really long documentary about yes. What a what a band! What guys? Chris Squire, unfortunately, not oh. with us anymore. So yeah. it, it can never be the same. I, um, I'm but, glad I got to see them once with Chris Squire. It was like uh, even though he was wearing like leggings that I clearly were split down the middle, <laughs> doing some crazy move. It was awesome. They opened with close to the edge. And you're just like, oh, this is what we're doing? Like, this is amazing. And I think he's top five bass playing inspirations for me. And his solo record might be the only good solo yes record. Like Fish Out of Water is a great record. 
Yeah. Never been a huge fan of the Steve Howe solo or the John Anderson solo. I always felt like they need the other members, but Chris Squire is nailing it. I've never gone solo with Yes. I, I'm sorry, but it's... Check out um, Fish Out of Water. It's a really solid record um, because it's also Chris Squire wrote most of Yes stuff. So it's like, yeah. you know, you're getting... Uh, I like bass, bass, bass starting bands. Those are Sometimes those are great bands. You've got your yeah, Iron Maidens. You got your you got your Chris Squires. Chris Squire, yeah. all, Engli- all English guys. Can't think yeah. of any American ones. Flea, Flea, uh, Austra- I mean, Australian technically. Sure, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, exactly. Jesus Lizard, maybe to some extent. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, and then Carp and Big Business. Uh, yeah, but either way, yeah, Chris Squire, check out Fish Out of Water. <laughs> there you go. There's a big. Uh, a, a big wreck um, from Jeff there. And uh, cool. Can we mention all of your music in a couple of minutes? <laughs> sure. I think probably. <laughs> also, just to throw in, there's an older podcast called Worst Gig Ever that I used to do oh, that's right. worth going into. We would hmm. talk to uh, musicians and comedians alternate every week and just talk about how bad it was to be a musician and a comedian. We stopped doing that a while ago, but I brought it back and did it with Revolver Magazine and did it uh, just for metal bands uh, for a while. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's worth the list. Those are still some fun talks. We had some great talks on there. Um, but yeah, music. Uh, the main things people know me from, uh, my hardcore band Orchid that I was in, that's probably the band people like the most. Uh, I was also in a band called Panthers, uh, which uh, existed longer than Orchid, but... People maybe liked not as much as Orchids. This is just the one album on on YouTube. Is that the one I'm listening For to? For Panthers? Yeah. No, Panthers had uh, Are You Down, Untrouble Man, which was a full length. We're getting that up on streaming soon. Let's Get Serious, which was an EP that was on Steve Aoki's label, Dim Mock. Things Are Strange, which was our Vice debut and was a double LP. We're nuts. Uh, and then The Trick was our last record. That's the one I'm most proud of, but that was our last record on uh, Vice Atlantic. And then we also had like a couple of like promo split seven inches in there that you can find, but- Yeah, punk loves uh, a promo split. Yeah, we really do. Uh, But yeah, and then uh, I was in uh, Low Estate, which is a metal band, uh, still kind of do stuff now and then. Ritual Mess, which was with most of Orchid. Uh, the Year Is One, which was a two-bass grindcore band. You can find that EP on Bandcamp. And some dribs and drabs in there. There's a new project coming. And then I also, I love that I'm forgetting. I forgot that I put out an ambient record this year. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, a half-hour song, uh, kind of reflecting on kind of my losing hearing. And then I put out a pandemic hardcore record with uh, Jay, who sings in Panthers and Orchid, uh, on drums. And those were actually all songs we wrote for Vice Magazine for a documentary on travel that they had done like 10 years ago. And then during the pandemic, I put vocals on all of them uh, and put it out as a record called Your Vice, (laughs) based off of a giallo I love. Your Vice is a locked room and only I have the key. Fantastic, Jeff. You're yeah. going good. And what's your base of choice? Because I'm a bassist as well. Uh, my number one is, was it a 93? It's a, a, a Fender Jazz, uh, mm. but it was a, a Made in Japan uh, yeah, cool. one that I bought. Uh, I got when I we first signed a Vice. Uh, I had a Rickenbacker that I played for a long time. 
Hmm. But I think just like the Rick is hard to not get the one tone. Um, yeah, yeah, it you always know. it'll always sound like a Rick. It'll always sound a bit funky, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want, or that. if you're doing like the Lemmy, you're going to sound like Lemmy. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? Like yeah. uh, versus the jazz has a lot more kind of nuance and plays yeah, like yeah. a guitar with the rounded neck. I'm a music man guy, which yeah, means, you yeah. Know, so not very hardcore. But, sure. Um, yeah, very, I like a good music man now and then. Very, very music manny. Yeah. If that means anything. I guess now, have you got anything to do with this? Yes, that is that is me. That's you. Yeah. I write all those. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I uh those are some uh those are books. Actually, the so the drummer of Panthers and Orchid uh is a children's book editor and i moved a couple of years ago to california and right before i moved he was like i think i might have a job for you and they had these books that they wanted to convert to graphic novels make them into kids and make them funnier make the plots work etc so basically yeah i've written uh it's called the pup detectives yeah. uh they're they're fun uh kid kind of film noiry sometimes uh detective stories about stuff happening at schools. There's a lot of puns. And uh, I try to fit in a lot of Easter eggs as much as I can. Some John Carpenter references or <laughs> a, a little uh, spoily for an upcoming book. I'm, I'm hoping there's one about a battle of the bands coming next year. And there's definitely a bunch of crust punk jokes in there that I'm hoping make it past the editor. <laughs> At one point, there's a sign on a practice space that says, no dogs, no masters, which is a no gods, no masters joke. <laughs> and I'm just hoping it makes it in there. But I try my best to get jokes into these. So yeah, I, that's the Pup Detectives. Oh, I do look, all of those. The big one. Oh, that's well, the latest one, Mystery Mountain Getaway. Why does it look all beat up? Is that... Is they were something? trying to, yeah, they're trying to replicate uh, old pulp novels and like oh, EC right. comics. So like kind of like Tales from the Crypt meets uh, Parker novels almost. That's um, cool. Yeah, I it was like great. That. I was, su- when it first came, because I, I, you know, I actually maybe wrote four of them and hadn't even seen what the art would look like. And then when I got them, I was really jazzed on the covers, especially like in the insides look great too. But the in- like the covers, I was like, oh. Yeah, this happens to be like the, you know, genre stuff I love anyways. Yeah, they, they're they super fun. If you've got kids, get pup detectors for them. I'm going to buy some for my nieces and nephews. I'm going to put Please this do. on Yeah, because it's time to talk classic rock radio. Of course. And I'm going to use my classic rock radio voice, Jeff. Got to get that classic rock radio voice. Welcome I mean, you, to you've Slice got Radio. Slice <laughs> Radio. Yes, Jim. This us, is Slice uh, Radio, and this me- is Jeff, the Angry Man Garlic, coming at you. So angry. Not so much <laughs> on the first episode, but it's building. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 all of a sudden, I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing morning show. I should probably chill out. <laughs> uh, Jeff, tell us a little bit about your history of 108.9, The Hawk, and uh, Jason Gore. Yeah, 108.9, The Hawk. Lose them the <laughs> That's all right. That is the problem with fake mustaches. That glue is not good most of the time. No. Um, yeah, 108.9 The Hawk is uh, Val Verde's only classic rock uh, radio station. It's, uh, it's a podcast 
that came out of uh, Jason, someone I knew from uh, back at UCB in New York, and uh, actually directed his wife uh, in a bunch of her sketch shows. And he was coming out to here, and he wanted to start uh, a Twitter called Good Rock Facts that was just fake classic rock facts. He's and a trickster. He's a trickster. He that guy. is a trickster. <laughs> he really is. And yeah, we just started doing that. And then all of a sudden we we're like, we should do it as a radio show. And we did a couple on Spotify and he handles most of it. Uh, but we did like full radio shows with songs. And then we decided we wanted to try to do it weekly. Uh, him and me and Scordellis sometimes. And, uh, yeah, it's basically we're doing it now as like a podcast with just the breaks. So you hear the little bits of the song. So it also does get exhausting. You don't really want to listen to that Humble Pie song all the way through. Um, sometimes. And then other times you're like, maybe I'll just get to the funny part. But yeah, at both of us, he had a history in classic rock. Like he oh, worked yeah. in classic rock station, which is amazing. And then I am uh, both, you know, what you've heard here, just babble about music nonstop, but also... Growing up in Connecticut and uh, uh, the States, Connecticut is like a hotbed of classic rock. And that's what we listen to. I listen to 99 Rock WPLR, New Haven. And so it's like burned into my brain what classic rock is. I mean, that's another reason why it took me so long to get into prog rock is you grow mm -hmm. up on classic rock and you're like, there's only two songs. Yeah. Like I didn't listen to Sabbath till probably college because I was like, I listen to punk. And the only songs that exist are Iron Man, maybe War Pigs, maybe. Mm. And then Iron Man again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and Paranoid now and then. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait, they're the greatest band ever. They started all this shit. But yeah. And so uh, 108.9 is a complicated, uh, it's already eating itself. We're, we all, with the last episode we recorded, we're like, we need to like remember what everything is happening in this yeah, sure. small town. You need someone to write down the law. Yeah, because it's like we keep coming up with businesses. <laughs> and the one that came out today is like us getting attacked by the song Alice's Restaurant uh, because it's Thanksgiving and they won't let us go. They just keep making us do our broadcast. <laughs> they won't uh, let you go. Yeah, it, we're in hour six when it starts, yeah. I believe. Uh, and Alice's Restaurant just keeps playing and we hate that song. But yeah, we both just like, we've spent throughout the pandemic, we would sit there and text each other talking about classic rock anyways. And like our feelings on this. And, do, and, and it's also fun because Jason has like, definitely like we've got Venn diagram overlap and then different tastes. Like he can go deep on some things. And then I'm like, oh, I was a punk. I don't know a lot about Stone Temple Pilots or what mm, have you. No. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, uh, it's a totally weird show. I don't know who it's for, but I know it's for us. Does, does, does Men at Work qualify? I think Men at Work definitely can yeah, get in can there, get 100%. Nice. And yeah. we could even get a Midnight Oil in there if we're talking oh, Aussie. Yeah, I think we'd we'll um, probably squeeze them in the top end. Uh, they there. would show. In, I mean, I would go towards... I mean, if if we had some deep cut, it would be like, you know, getting Rose Tattoo in there. Is that also oh, our yeah. Rose Tattoo? Yeah. Well, they're definitely, um, they're, 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 not, they're not punk. No. Uh, and uh, they are rock. They're, they're Aussie yeah. rock. 
Aussie rock. Yeah. Did I go classic? Because I don't have, say, the music. You know, I have a hit that would pop out. It would have to be some, like, if we did an episode on, like, if we do some deep dive episode. Like, I could Mm. imagine us doing a deep dive, 108.9 The Hawk, where we realize we're doing a deep dive in Australia. We only know three bands. (laughs) So it just has to keep looping. Um, well, uh, I mean, I could go further, but, you know, not on classic rock. There's only some bands that could fit in there. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's only eight or nine bands. So kind of. Are you a more than a feeling guy or a don't stop believing guy? You can't be both. Uh, I, I'm actually, I'm a more than a feeling guy because <laughs> my son, who's four, loves Don't Stop Believing. Oh, right. Um, so too and much. It's so, it pushed it over the edge. Like, mm. I mean, I already was a Boston man anyways. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, uh, yeah, we all want that super processed sound. We all want the rock man uh, pedal that will make us sound like Boston. Yeah. Um, it's hard to imagine. Uh, I mean, the studios were a lot more pretty primitive back then, but the voice, you know, the vocal I got out of that guy, I don't know his name. I'll look yeah, it up. I can always forget. Yeah, well, it's because also it's because that that may, I'm blanking on the guitar saying, but he was an MIT engineer. Yeah. So he like made his own pedals. So he made that. He's the one who created that super compressed sound. Oh, like I'm it's right insane. You, when when uh, when that comes in with the oh. when the claps come in, you think, oh, here it comes. And yeah, that's the that's... wells, and you love oh. America, and yeah. you like Australia, <laughs> oh, and yeah. you think, come on. Yeah. You think Australia's fine now, whatever. It's cool. <laughs> but it's all about America. But don't stop believing. Also a good song. <laughs> it's a great song. I love, I mean, uh, uh, and, you know, I had the period where I was like, I love those first three Journey records because they sound like Prague. They're not I'm, as good as I'm going to continue <laughs> listening to it until Steve Perry finally tells us what his major malfunction is. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Guy's got a lot of issues. (laughs) He's got got one big one who doesn't want to tell us. Yep, exactly. I'm going to lose the tash for the outro here. Understandable. Because that was a lot of fun. Yeah, 108.9 The Hawk is, uh, if you like classic rock and like inane conversation about classic rock and uh, local celebrities losing their minds. It's men uh, being silly. It is just men being silly. It truly is men being silly. Every time we record after it's over, it's like, what was that? (laughs) It's great. That's good. Well, we love Jeff Garlock and we love Jason Gore and we love all your uh, different projects, mate. And you've given me uh, so much fun in the last few weeks um, researching your career thus far. And I know we're going to have so much fun in the future. Listening and watching everything. And um, thanks so much, Jeff. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Sensational chatting from everyone involved. I hope you agree. Extra super big thanks goes out to Jeff Garlock for his time. Follow Jeff on Twitter or Instagram to keep up with everything he's doing. Head on over to sliceradio.com.au and check out the Slice Radio stream schedule. There's something for everyone over there. That's it for me this week. Thanks for joining. Hope to catch you next time and stay safe.